Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChampaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, we're really excited to announce that our live show in Boston with True Crime Obsessed is back on for July 31st, 2021. It was originally scheduled for March of 2020, and that didn't happen. So here we are. Right. We all know how it went down when we were all together in Brooklyn, New York, way back in October of 2019. And then the world stopped. We were not able to get together with our friends at True Crime Obsessed, Jillian and Patrick. Also, Maggie Freeling will be joining us. We got the band back together at the Wilbur Theater. You can go to thewilbur.com for your tickets. And if you had purchased tickets to the previous shows, current ticket holders, because of the venue change, your tickets will be refunded. And then you'll have exclusive advanced access to purchase tickets to the new show. You should have received two emails, one confirming the refund and one with the link to purchase the new tickets. And of course, True Crime Obsessed covers true crime documentaries. And in this show, they cover the disappearance of Maura Murray oxygen documentary that Lance and I were a part of. See you at the Wilbur. February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass Amherst student Maura Murray disappeared in the White Mountains of New Hampshire in one of the most perplexing mysteries of our time. For years, we have covered Maura's case and the tireless online community that surrounds it in great detail. We have since expanded our mission with this series, raising awareness and shining a light on the stories of other missing persons. We now sit on the board of directors of the nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing, which was founded by Bruce Maitland. Bruce's daughter, Brianna Maitland, went missing from Montgomery, Vermont on March 19th of 2004, just six weeks after and about 80 miles away from where Maura Murray vanished. Private Investigations for the Missing aims to assist with investigations for underserved families whose missing loved ones have been forgotten by the media or by law enforcement. Through our growing community, we hope to shed a light on these cold cases. Families and loved ones can reach out to us at investigationsforthemissing.org. This is Missing.
Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing so well today. Thank you. How are you today? I am doing well today, too. And Lance, we recorded this conversation that we're about to share a few weeks ago on our Thursday night Get Vocal Nights. Actually, it was July 1st, 2021, and I remember that because it was one day before the 10-year anniversary of the disappearance of Jared Hanna. And in this episode, we spoke with Heather Hanna, Jared's sister, and case advocate and friend Jason Watts. And I don't know about you, Tim, but for me, I get this overwhelming sense of pride when we do these shows on the live platform, Get Vocal, which will soon be vocal. But when we're there and we're speaking with individuals like Heather, like Molly Bish's sister, and we have advocates like Jason Watts, you know, when we have these people on and we have the community that's contributing on Get Vocal, they're commenting, they're interacting with a secondary victim. It's amazing to me that you can finally be able to put a face to these voices and names that you've read about and even heard on podcasting. And, and you can see like their reaction. You can see family members like in the background or, or you can see their environment, their living environment. It just makes it a lot more personal. Uh, and I guess my long winded way of saying, like if you haven't joined these communities yet, especially get vocal, especially these, um, the Thursday night shows, you need to swing by because it's really the only way to, make it all seem very human. And and I, it's not like every week we do something like that. It's probably maybe every other week, you know, a couple times a month we'll do something like that. But um, someone like Heather is on there and and giving you the details of, of Jared's disappearance is a lot more impactful than then hearing the audio, like getting the full package is very important and, and impactful. Yeah, I get you. We get to connect in a very personal way on those Thursday nights on these live shows. And so, yeah, I agree. Everyone should check them out. And this this was a special night because it, this was one day before the 10-year mark of Jared's disappearance. And so it was emotional. you know. And Jared's disappearance is not too well known. Um, you won't find too much media coverage out there, but what is known is that he was a 28-year-old man when he went missing from Jerseyville, Illinois on July 2nd, 2011, and he was last seen on that morning. His truck was later found abandoned and out of gas on July 4th, 2011 on Joliffe Bridge Road, a rural area of Centralia, Illinois. And even though there have been many searches, extensive searches of the area, which included horseback, which included ATVs, which included airplanes. They haven't found anything. It's one of those really perplexing disappearances that seem to come up all the time with us where the vehicle's found and there's absolutely nothing that's connecting the whereabouts of the operator of the vehicle. And uh, anyone with information on this should contact the Clinton County Sheriff's Office at 618 594 4555 or you can also contact the Jersey County's Sheriff's Office at 618-498-6881. And he was apparently reported to have been seen about 2 miles from where his truck was parked on July 3rd, Sunday July 3rd at 8:30 a.m. And that's right from illinois.gov. 
And there's a Facebook group that you should join that is run by Heather. It is called Help Find Jared Hanna. And there's a link in the show notes for that. And some statistics on Jared Hanna. He is five foot seven inches. At the time of his disappearance, he weighed 195 pounds. He was 28 years old, brown eyes, brown buzz cut hair, a scar on the left back of his head and right heel of his foot. And again, he was last seen on July 2nd, 2011 at 11.45 in the morning from Jerseyville, Illinois. And we've cut this conversation into two parts. So this is part one. Part two will be out very soon. Before we play the interview, we just want to remind you about our upcoming show at the Wilbur on July 31st, 2001. We are going to be there at the Wilbur Theater in Boston with True Crime Obsessed. Of course, that's Patrick Hines and Jillian Pensavale and Maggie Freeling of Unjust and Unsolved and Murder in Alliance, Lance. And we're all going to be on stage talking about the Oxygen documentary, The Disappearance of Maura Murray. So whoever wants tickets to see us there, Make sure to go to the Wilbur. That's T H E W I L B U R dot com. And you just have to scroll down like just a little bit. I think we're like the third show there to purchase tickets. That is Saturday, July 31st, 7 p.m. And you don't want to miss it at the historic Wilbur Theater in Boston, thewilbur.com. Okay, we'll see you there, everybody. All right, and check out our website and follow us on social media. That handle is missing csm and why don't you swing on over to our website at crawlspace-media.com and check out all the other shows that we represent over there and the new stuff coming up as well as the back catalog of quality programming Jason Watts, how are you tonight? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Doing great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having us. You're looking well. You're looking healthy. Don't know about all that. No, no, don't. No. You, you, you pull it off. You, you pull it off. I appreciate that. And there is my good friend, Heather. Heather. How are you, Heather? I'm fine. I finally managed to get on. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. And I, I just want to say, um, really, really, really in awe of, of what you've done. And Jason, Jason introduced, well, Jason has introduced us to you now, which is great. And thank you for coming on. And it's always, it's always a special night when we have someone who's so closely associated to one of these, uh, disappearances, one of these, uh, tragic, tragic stories. Um, so just thank you you're you've you've reached that level of like uh i look up to you now and and tip the cat tip the cap to you you're Thank talking you. to her right yes <laughs> good good because it's 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 not anything i've done it's just well jason's been pretty awesome too so uh, well, that goes without saying i can't awesome. tell you how happy i am that you you got to come to crime con and, and help spread the word on jared's disappearance that was so awesome uh meeting you and, and just watching you work with everybody down there and helping get his case from here to here. It was a very good experience. Good, good. I'm glad it went well. You get to talk about the case a lot? Yes. 
handed out a lot of flyers. That's great. How did you and uh, Jason meet? CrimeCon New Orleans was a really positive experience for me. And uh, I was kind of aware of Jared's case just from Googling this in-person cases and stuff like that. And I reached out to Heather because Jared's case is pretty known locally, I'd say, right, Heather? But as far as like big time, it just wasn't. And I, I, you know, me having that positive experience in New Orleans, I wanted to, I wanted other families and advocates for missing persons cases to have that same positive experience. So I reached out to her probably a month or two after New Orleans and told her about CrimeCon in Orlando. And uh, we were all, you know, planning to attend that. But unfortunately, COVID changed a lot of things. Uh, But she was able to come down to Austin. And that was awesome. And Heather, if you don't mind, um, I'm sure there are some people here. And and when we play this recording later on, there'll be people who haven't heard about Jared's disappearance. Can you run through who Jared was? Can you, can you tell us who he was? Okay. Jared was 28 when he went missing. Not sure what happened. I thought he was out camping with his kids. Come to find out they were with their mother. And uh, he never showed to pick him up. And uh, never seen or heard from again. Truck was found the next, the next day. Clinton County actually called and said it was sitting down there in their county. Jared was very loving, very goofy (laughs) i don't think there's another word for it if he could be a jokester he was and jared's your brother right yes jared's my brother sorry no no that's okay we just had someone in the uh shannon just wanted to confirm that jared's your brother you said jared was could be a jokester if he wanted to and he was he was goofy i looking looking into what like into him like there's no picture that i can find there's maybe one where he's not smiling and it's and it's not like a it's not even like a scowl he's just he just has like a a straight face on we can't find any pictures that he's not flipping us off in (laughs) (laughs) so pictures are very limited on what we can use (laughs) photoshop Uh, Did he not like getting his picture taken? Was that like his default, which was just give the finger and then he knew that that picture was not going to get used? Yeah, he always gave his finger when he was, we were taking pictures. <laughs> he liked to be behind the camera too, like I do. Yeah. Not in front of it. <laughs> yeah, very hard to find any pictures of him that he's not flipping you off in. Little brothers, what can you do with them? Uh, when he was younger, he used to have this watch and it was a remote. It could control the TVs. I don't know if you guys remember them. They come out with them for a while. He lived in the public housing at the time, and he would go around and change everybody's TV channels. <laughs> with a watch? I've never heard of this. With the wa- yeah, yes, his watch would remote to a TV, and he could change channels on anybody's TV. That's absolutely brilliant. I don't think they were around very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Heather, for, for speaking with us. I know uh, tomorrow marks uh, 10 years uh, missing for Jared. Where is the investigation? Yes, tomorrow does mark the 10 years um, at a standstill. Nothing has come in. Uh, this new detective, I can't, he just doesn't respond very well. I know they did a story in the local paper here in uh, Jersey County actually talked to him. Clayton County did, but Jersey County did. And this is in, uh, is it Centralia, Illinois? Is Am I pronouncing that correctly? 
Yes, Centralia, Illinois. Centralia, Carlisle, it's all kind of the same area to me. Is that the jurisdiction? That truck was found abandoned out in the middle of nowhere. Right, and so that local police uh, department has the jurisdiction? Yes. That's where my mom filed the report at. I see. Do you know why Jared was out there? It sounds about 70 miles from his home. Uh, We know that he went and looked at a couple of cars that day. Uh, We also know that he had his fishing stuff in the truck with him. And he knew of a few places down there that he could go fishing because he had worked down there for a little while. And some of the employees there had told him some private land he could go on to go fishing. Hmm. And they went and checked all those for us and nothing ever come of it. And his truck was left not far from there, though, from where they had uh, suggested he go? Yeah, it wasn't. From the way I understand it, the land that he could be on wasn't that far from there. Plus, he wasn't that far from Carlisle Lake, and I know it's it's big. If I recall correctly, Heather, his truck was kind of found backed in to like a little side driveway kind of thing. And it was out of gas, right? It was out of gas, backed in, on an incline. There is no way he could have pushed it back off the road himself. Um, Hmm. When we put gas in it, it took right off and it shouldn't have if it had actually run out of gas. So we think that the gas may have been siphoned out of it. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Can you say that again? I I need to catch that again. You you thought that the gas might have been siphoned out of it? Yes. When we put gas in the truck... Uh-huh. It fired right up, and it shouldn't have. It should have had to have primed and everything with the year that it is. The mechanics yeah. that I've talked to have told me this. Yeah, no, when they run completely out of gas, you put gas back in, and the pump has to pump the fuel back up to the engine first. Right. And mm-hmm. it'll start. So it takes a, a few tr- turns over before it finally turns all the way over and starts. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. The mechanic told you that? Yeah, I have a friend who's a mechanic, and he said there's no way. it would If it would have run out, it would have taken a while to start it, and it didn't. Wow, that is, that's like really significant detective work. Uh, yeah, I've done a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that tell you? I think the truck was put there. As like a red herring? Yep. Truck's put there, and then the gas is siphoned out to make it look like it ran out of gas? Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yep. We've never had anybody come forward after he left Jerseyville about 11.45 on the 2nd. He was seen on camera at our local gas station getting a drink and walking out, acting like nothing was wrong. And after that, no one's even come forward to say that, hey, he was in here getting a Mountain Dew or anything. And I know Jared and he's Mountain Dew. He didn't go very long without one in his hand. And how big is the... Are these towns that we're talking about? It's all real rural area. Towns aren't that big. <laughs> but small enough where, you know, they know that he goes to this uh, gas station convenience store. They know that he's getting, you know, they, they probably see him. They're like, oh, there's there's Jared or there's a guy who's going to get a Mountain Dew, right? Yeah, it was up the road from our house. And I had a friend, a couple of friends who worked up there. Did he get gas? Just come in and got a soda. I know he'd put gas in the truck the night before. Right. So there's no way he put gas in the truck the night before. Probably didn't drive too far that night. This was probably the only time that he did drive. Had he been driving previous to in between? I know he had went to St. Louis on on the 1st and dropped the kids off with their mother. So I know he made a trip to St. Louis and at least back to Alton 
which is about it's an hour south of here okay so a little bit of a drive if he would have filled up he probably would have filled up over there somewhere because it gas is cheaper that direction oh yeah that's like a commonly known thing yes yeah, st louis is cheaper than <laughs> most places in illinois up here where i live heather if i co- recall correctly he was last physically seen on the day of the second and the Clint County Sheriff's Office notified you guys on the 4th that they had found the truck? On the 5th. On the 5th. Yes. I wasn't notified till midnight on the 4th that he never even showed up to pick up the kids. I received the phone call and said, is he there? Because he never come to get them. He wasn't home. I Like I said, I just assumed he was out camping because they'd been talking about it all week. And he was getting ready to leave out of town again for work. So it didn't surprise me he wasn't home. And there's a reported potential sighting of him by someone claiming they think he knocked on the door and asked for water on uh, the, the third, right? On early morning on the third, there was a potential sighting of him walking down Jolliffe Bridge Road. And Jolliffe Bridge Road is where the truck was found, right? Yeah, because okay. it runs between Centralia and Carlisle. But they said he had on a wife beater. My brother didn't wear shirts like that. So I really don't think that was him that was seen walking. And then Sunday morning, I guess 8 or 8.30 in the morning, he supposedly stopped at a trailer and asked for water and directions to a gas station. But he knew that area too. So I'm not not 100% certain that it was him. And then when his bag was found in October of that year, it was found kind of directly behind the trailers right along the creek which is i'd say probably a mile in half a mile in somewhere like that yeah it's coming back to me now they found the backpack with some of his belongings uh, actually we have found out that that was the clothes that he oh really i finally got to see everything in it again just a couple of years ago his keys were in there his wallet was in there his phone uh, the phone and his video camera that he had with him also, which was in the bag, they were all missing the Sims card and the memory card out of them. But the, uh, the the phone and the camera were still there? It was just the memory cards? Yes. Everything in the bag was wet. Yeah, because wasn't it found next to a creek, kind of, underneath the deer yeah, stand? Yeah, it was next to the creek, underneath a deer stand. And who, who found it? The people that own the land. And then they immediately turned it over to police, or did they go yep. through it? They did. No, okay. they turned it over. They left it alone. They saw the wallet, saw whose it was, because his ID was in there. Yeah. And they went and called the police, and they come out and got it. Do you have any any indication of of what life was like for him a couple of days beforehand? Can you walk us through what you know before he decided to leave and and you know get in his truck and 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 go? He had been working temporarily for a few weeks here while he was waiting to go back out of town to work and. Nothing out of the ordinary. Everything had been normal with him. And when I left, you know, he'd asked me the night before if I'd watch the kids. And I said, yeah. Then he said, never mind. They were going to go to their moms. Okay, that's fine. I got up the next morning. He was asleep on the couch when I left on the second. I left him a note that I had because I was headed to a barbecue and I had fixed uh, a dish to take with me. And I had leftovers in the fridge. I left that note. He ate those. Nothing out of the ordinary for him. 
And did he usually carry the fishing gear with him in his truck, or was that something that he would take only when he would go fishing? Only when he would go fishing. And he did fish because all the bait was gone from the house, and it was not found in the truck. So he did fish. Yeah, he evidently fished somewhere. Was his rod or or fishing uh, gear found? The tackle box and the fishing pole were both in the back of the truck. So he had gone out fishing and then walked back to the truck and put everything back in. I don't know that he was fishing on that land, though. Yeah. That wasn't one of them that we knew about. And there was only one little pond, and it was right there by the road, and I don't think there's any fish in it. You said that he asked you to watch his kids, uh, and then he said, never mind, um, they'll stay with their mother. They They were split up? Yes. He had custody of them. Okay, and how many how many kids? Two. How old? Two girls. Two girls. <laughs> right now they're they were six and three when he went missing. They're sixteen and thirteen now. Wow. And you have custody of the girls now, right? Yes, and I have one sitting here waving, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's there's the oldest one. The youngest one's at my my oldest daughter's house, so Wow, hello. Hello. And this so that's Jared's one. oldest? Yes, this is Trinity, Jared's oldest one. Well, hello, Trinity. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, She's already got the you know, Peering around the, the camera. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting her to give us the finger. Yeah. <laughs> no, what? she won't. That would be the other one. <laughs> okay. I have his, I have his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, this one has his mouth. The other one has the other <laughs> Gotcha. Sounds about like mine. So so six and six and three when um Jared uh disappeared, right? Yes. And how long was it before you told them about their father? I went and met the mother and picked them up on the fifth because she wasn't supposed to have custody of them. Jared had actually given me temporary guardianship while he worked out of town so that I could take care of anything they needed while he was gone. And uh, so I went and got them, and then I got permanent guardianship of them, and then I have since adopted them. Wow. That's well, amazing. Kudos to you, for real, for taking that on. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage years, it's a lot. <laughs> Two of them at one time. Oh, it's coming for me. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> you should just just start a podcast and tell them that you're recording all the time <laughs> well i'm the parent they like to embarrass so i only see that going horribly bad <laughs> it goes terribly bad yeah but uh okay so heather you mentioned at the beginning that that he that you thought that he might have gone camping yes did he say that that he was going he he's going to go do this thing and then he might like stay stay out overnight they had talked they had been talking earlier in the week about camping and I was gone all day on that Saturday, which is the second, and I didn't have real good cell service with where I was, so I didn't know if he called me or not. But it wasn't uncommon for him not to tell me he was for sure going. And not uncommon for him to go stay at a friend's either. Would give me a break and would give him a break. What about the the clothes being found in the bag? His the clothes that he was wearing that day. Is that does that tell you, is, is that some sign that he did go camping? Maybe that he changed his clothes on, the, on another day? I don't think so, because he didn't have his tin or any of that with him. He actually had his guitar and amp with him, and those items are still missing. They've never been located. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. 
Uh, if I recall correctly, Jared's not the only person to go missing in the Joloff Bridge uh, area. No. no. Do you know about any of the other people that have gone missing? The one was in the 90s, a 15-year-old, Joshua Mahaffey. He went missing and hasn't been found. The April of 2011, uh, Vince Wesselman, he went missing from Breeze, which is in the same area. Went out for a walk and never seen. Wow. And there's been two or three more since then. Looks like April 23rd, 2014, James Romines. That's one of them. 63 years old, uh, went missing around his Centralia apartment. And then in March 2016, Keith Royer was last seen in Sandoval. Um, yes, and that's all still right there in that same little area. If I recall correctly, isn't Joloff Bridge known for some alleged kind of, and maybe let you describe it, but it's no, it's it's rumored to be an area for some shady people to hang around, right? Yes, they actually call that area where the truck was. Or right, right in that area. I'm not exactly sure where where it is, but it's called Devil's Playground. What, what kind of shady people? If A lot I were... of drug activity. Um, I know they've talked about the KKK back in that area. Just I, things I, like that. It has a nickname, the Devil's Playground. Yes. Why? That area may have been known for like some sort of. Was it devil worshiping or just Santanic cult? Santanic worshiping. Wow. And then all of these people have gone missing in that area. That's yes. Very unusual and telling. Yes, very. Have they ever found any kind of uh, remains or anything like that? I I thought I remember Um, wasn't it a couple of months ago somebody found some remains somewhere? Yes. They weren't Jared's. They weren't Jared's, but they've never come out and said who they were. And then there was other remains found not long ago and not too far from there. That I mean, could have been a possibility for any of them, but apparently those aren't either. Yeah, apparently in March 2021, there was a a body found. Um, The investigator said he does not believe it to be Jared Hanna. Yeah. You you said that Jared had his guitar and amp with him as well yes he did in the truck Uh, they weren't at home so i'm assuming he had them in the truck that was the only thing i found at home that was missing that duffel bag wasn't at home what kind of what kind of amp was it was it a big amp or was it one of the little ones it was a smaller one and that's never been found no the guitar either do you think that maybe police have put some sort of alert out maybe on craigslist Keeping an eye out for anybody who's going to sell something like that? No? No, they didn't do anything. Even had the serial numbers for them, and they didn't put anything out as far as I know. Were they prized possessions of Jared's? He hadn't had them that long. Hmm. But with them being missing, I know he had to have taken them with him. And I know that on the 4th of July weekend down in Carlisle at the dam, they have what they call the dam jam. And it's all music all day. And he would play there. He was, he, he you think I, maybe he was going to play there? I assume he took it down there probably to show off or play or something. Cool. He didn't play okay. much, but he played some. 
do you know what kind of guitar it was? Not off the top of my head. I was just, I'm just interested because, I mean, no one's just going to take that. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to take it and try to sell it. Yeah, somebody has to still have it. Or just leave it. Yeah. Well, is it expensive? I know we called the pawn shops and looked for it, but we never found anything. Do you know how expensive those items are? I would say the guitarist probably was probably at least a couple hundred. I'm thinking he paid four or five hundred for both of them from a friend. And that was pretty recently? Yeah, that was only like two or three months before he went missing. When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization, Private Investigations for the Missing, because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter, Brianna, disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.